Welcome everybody to the Healing Place podcast. I am your host, Terry Welbrock, and super excited to have with me today, Karen Salmonson. Did I say it? You said it right. Hey, not salmon, <laughs> <laughs> which I love. You, you, folks, you need to get on her website and check it out because one, the, the fish with the little legs just totally cracks me up. So. Yeah. <laughs> because I, I want to do what I call self-help for people wouldn't be caught dead doing self-help where I have humor and design stuff because I'm not just a writer. I'm also a designer. So I have fun adding like fun visual elements and humor along with all the research and psychological information and tools. I love it. Well, yeah, the, one of the first things I came across as, you know, as I scrolled through was the uh, Seinfeld, you know, the quote or the, the gif, is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah where he's correct. He not. I couldn't believe when I found that. I think it was from the Salman uh, Rushdie thing. I think. Oh, it was yes. But when he was going, it's it's salmon, not I. What it was exactly like is what I say to people, so right. right up on my about page. So yeah, that's awesome. Well, welcome, welcome to the show. I'm super thrilled to have you here. And yeah, so talk to us what it is about what it is you're doing. Well, um, I do. I, I'm kind of like a a research geek. I love researching things and I primarily, I research a lot about resiliency, psychology, happiness, uh, relaxation. Um, I'm a recovered anxiety sufferer and for a while the way I would let it out was a lot of stress eating. So I'm also a recovered stress eater and, um, and I, I take whatever I've gone through and I turn my pain into purpose. And as I heal myself, I kind of share what I did to help others and let people know if I can do it, you can do it. So yeah. that type of thing. And, and I do it with humor. And I read a lot. I interview a lot of experts, I'm, you know, um, like to keep my little story of my life flowing. I, I, I'm a late-in-life mom. And um, I... I try for a while to have a baby and it wasn't working. And then finally it worked. And I was 49 when I got pregnant and 50 when I had my kid. And, and so he's going to be nine this month in August and I'm going to be 59. And I promised my son, I would do everything I could to, to live to a hundred. He asked me to live to 200, but I bargained him down to 100, and he accepted. So then I went on a search to research everything I could about living to 100, not just getting to that number, because I, I also want to live with great health, yes. with clarity of mind, with energy, um, feeling young. And so that's important. It's not just like reaching a number. So I interviewed experts from around the world. It was like a two-year intensive research project. And then I turned that all into a book called Life is Long with all the, um, what I do is I, I'm, I'm good at like reading what a lot of people would consider boring, complicated information. Like I just read that. And then I write it up in a way that's like fun and like as if a girlfriend's telling you, I make it easy. Yes. And, that's, and then I write my books that way with stylish graphics and, and that type of thing. I love it. And I love it. And I'm, I'm that same person where I'm such a research geek and I'm a, well, I think what I call like a, a 
therapy healing geek because I've tried Ho'oponopono Hawaiian healing and I've done EFT or tapping therapy and I've, you know, I'll do, um, you know, mindfulness and I'll try different yogas and meditations. And yeah, I just, I love the idea. I think it all, I call it filling my toolbox. Um, and so I just fill my toolbox with all of these modalities and I read these uh, self-help books, but I'll read things like, um, you know, books on brain plasticity that are super, you know, scientific. I, um, I love studies on brain plasticity. I'm yeah. so fascinated by the brain. I really am. So, yeah, so you and I will keep this conversation going after this. Absolutely. I'm yeah. fascinated by that kind of stuff. I love it. Yeah, and I think brain plasticity and mindfulness, those are probably the two biggest ones right now that are just kind of going kaboom. Yes. Because... Yeah. You know, people, I think everyone's starting to understand. I thought for years, as a matter of fact, I just told you I'm finishing up my first book. I thought for years that I wasn't qualified to write a book because I was still, quote unquote, broken. Hmm. So, you know, I thought I had to be fixed or cured or over all of this stuff. And then I realized the beauty of the journey is that, you know, we can still live a life filled with joy and tranquility, even while in the process of healing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so... Yeah, very cool. And then you can, you're realistic about how you share these tools. Because a lot of times I'll write something up and people will say, easier said than done. Like, you know, and I hear that a lot. I hear that a lot whenever I post something on fit, easier said. Than, but I know, I because I've been through it, I know a lot of this isn't easy. But here's the thing. Once you start doing it, then you build up the momentum and then it gets easier and easier. So it might be easier said than done, but once you do it, it gets easier and easier. Yeah. So that's my new expression. Easier said than done, but once you do it, it gets easier and easier. You just have to build up the momentum. Absolutely. And then you go on an upward spiral. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Right. It's true. Yeah. It's true. And then it's interesting. Then you become like, a, um, like addicted to positive change. So you're like, oh, like even one thing like, becoming more organized then makes you want to clean up your diet more makes you want to talk differently to people makes you want to have stronger barriers with toxic people like you sort of like well that worked well that worked and then you kind of make more changes and then it just gets easier and easier because you feel like it's worth it to put in the effort yeah. and, it, and it's not so bad to try something unfamiliar you know I, i'll tell you I think I'm, I'm having a little bit of an epiphany right now because that's <laughs> happening with me right now. I am learning search engine optimization, which is as hard to do as it is to say, search engine optimization. Yes. And I'm learning it for my business. And at first I'm like, All right, that's, not, I'm not, that's not my thing. I'm afraid of it. Right? And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. And then I'm like, I'm figuring it out search and optimization. And now I'm like, okay, what else you got? Like, it's like, I'm ready to try other new things and that have to do with technology when I don't think of myself as a technology person. But once you feel like I can do this, you get the momentum to keep wanting to try other challenges, you know, and it's not as scary. I love it. And I love the visual of spiraling upward because that is so incredibly accurate. And I what what popped into my head was I just came back from a trip to Denver. My oldest son moved to Denver last year. And so we went out to visit him for the first time. And 
Um, one, I used to be terrified of flying. Like I had to start taking Xanax the day before a flight. <laughs> oh my gosh. Get myself, you know, to the airport to get myself onto the plane, you know, to get myself through the flight. And then, you know, being away from home in my safe space, you know, just a lot that was revolved around my panic disorder and PTSD. Oh. Well, I've done all this healing work. And so I thought, okay, I'm going to go. You know, I did took a half a Xanax right before the flight there. And then when we got there, I was like, you know what? I really didn't need that. And so I started challenging myself and we, you know, climbed up on a mountain and we did all kinds of really crazy stuff that normally would terrify me. And while I was scared in certain points, I kept pushing myself. And you're right. I was, I felt myself spiral, spiraling upward and I flew back without Xanax. And it was the first time since my teens. That's fantastic. I love it. Yay, you. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, um, so what else can I tell you? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. So let me, let me ask you one of my, one of my favorite questions and we'll see where we go from here. So if you could meet anyone dead or alive, oh my goodness, help you with your continued journey, whether oh. it's personally, professionally, or both. Ah, that one's sort of simple for me, quite frankly. Oh, good. Um, I am obsessed with, I, it's going to sound weird out loud, though, but with Aristotle, the Greek philosopher. Oh, I read that. Yes. Yeah, I love it. I, I, and I rediscovered him in the weirdest zigzagging way, which I'm going to tell you. Okay. Um, in my old, when I was a kid, because remember, I'm going to be 59 in August. Back then, we didn't have Google. <laughs> we had decimal drawers at the, at oh, the library. Yes. And we had something called an Encyclopedia of Britannica. Right. Remember that? Yes. <clears throat> so my parents um, had them all. And then I just, I was a kid that I also, as a kid, I loved to read, which I guess is my love of books. And for some reason, as a kid, I told myself, you know, wouldn't it be fun to try to read the entire Encyclopedia Britannica? Okay. Did not do that. Believe me. <laughs> I'm be so impressed. But I got the, the A book and I, I started to read it and then I just kind of skimmed through it. And, um, and then I just found the things that I loved that were in the A book. And I was fascinated by ants. I still am. Ant behavior is sort of like um, crowd behavior. Like an ant by itself is just like this kind of, kind of dumb little guy you know it's just like an ant but you put an ant together with a lot of ants and it has this group brain and we are sort of like that and some there's like this crowd brain I mean it's I can't get into it because I'm going to tell you about Aristotle but I'm still fascinated by ant behavior so that stayed with me from being a kid who tried to read the Encyclopedia Britannica but didn't get past like aardvark or something well, actually, I um I got so I skimmed through it and I remember liking Aristotle back then, right? So and then I folded down those corners and then when my parents went to move the house, they said to me, um, Karen, what do you want? And I went home and I saw everything. And then I remembered fondly trying to read the, enci the encyclopedia and then only reading the A book. And back then I was writing novels and I thought, oh, you know, I'm gonna create a character that she knows all these things that begin with the letter A in a fiction book, in a novel. So I'm going to steal the Encyclopedia Britannica, just the A volume. And then when I write my novel, my character will know all these things, and I'll write about ants. Astronomy was in it. There were a lot of cool A words. Because <laughs> I'm also 
fascinated by astronomy, you know. Um, and and then I saw that Aristotle um, folded down. So I still didn't touch the book. And then I was moving my apartment. And then I had to decide what to keep and what not keep. And I found my Encyclopedia Britannica and my dreams of writing this novel, which I didn't do with the girl that knew all these things to begin with the letter A. And then I opened it up and I saw Aristotle. At this point, I'm a self-help book author. And, um, and I'm writing Philosophies on Happiness. When I opened it up and remembered that as a child I liked Aristotle because that page was turned down, I started to read about Aristotle. I'm like, this matches my philosophies um, on life. And then I went out and I bought all these books about Aristotle. And I just started as a geek to read all this stuff on him. And this is why I love Aristotle. Oh, and I'll cut to the chase. My son's name is Ari as a wink to Aristotle. And so Aristotle says that the reason why so many people are unhappy is that they confuse pleasure with happiness. And pleasure is hedonia in, in his language, and happiness is eudaimonia, if I'm pronouncing the, the words out, out loud correctly. But that's kind of what they look like when you spell them. And, um, and pleasure is about uh, the body and the ego. And it's about immediate gratification and true happiness, Aristotle said, was um, about uh, education of the soul uh, and not the body or the ego and about doing what you can to grow into your, your highest possible self. And that everything that happens to us in life is here to help us and to here to educate our souls. And that he says that um, you have to begin all projects with the ends in mind, any project from writing a book to the project of your life. And that everybody's life has the same ends. And that when you're on your deathbed, that you can think to yourself that I did everything I could to become my best possible self. That that's why we're here, to become our best possible selves. And thereby, when challenges happen, view them as an opportunity to help you to grow to become your best possible self. Um, and there's a lot more to it, but that's my cliff notes on it. And when I read that, I was like, that is so hitting me that I read all this other stuff and I just became really fascinated by Aristotle. And I write a lot about him, but like I said, in a way that's um, digestible. Yes, right, yeah. And then so I would love to meet him. I would love to meet him. Yeah, I mean, just beautiful and amazing. And as you were talking, like, Dr. Wayne Dyer is one of my favorite authors that I read. And um, I read, um, it was Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life. And it's like, it's, it's like his way of putting the towel um, out in, you know, everyday language. And it's that same sort of thing. He talks a lot about ego versus, you know, soul. And um, yeah, and so like, the work you're doing, the work like my podcast and, you know, the, the healing work that I put out in the world, I think of that as my soul work. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And it's, it's amazing how healing it is to myself. I feel selfish sometimes for it because I get healing from it. Yes. So, yeah. And that, that explains it. I mean, his philosophy certainly. Definitely. And when you're helping others, it's like soul to soul connections and, um, and, Aristotle is very much about about that the relationships that are he calls it um, relationships of shared virtue 
where you each support each other to become your best possible self. So when you have that kind of connection with somebody, that's like a really strong connection. Yeah. Beautiful. So what projects do you have going on right now? What are you working on? Um, well, I have a book coming out this month and by coincidence, the pub date is my son's birthday. Aww. Yeah. I have a book called instant calm, which has meditations in it, sensory meditations that you could do like in two minutes because a lot of people are like, I'm too busy to meditate or I get bored meditating. Okay. So I put together a book that makes meditation fun and it's based on tapping into each of your five senses and having a one pointed focus on each of your senses. So that book is coming out um, August 27th and um, I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, congrats. And, and it, that reminds me of mindfulness. One of my favorites is 54321 mindfulness. And my therapist had taught it to me. And it was find five things to look at. So like I'll do it when I go on nature walks and uh-huh. describe them in great detail to yourself. And then find four things to listen for. So like the farthest bird that you can hear or, you know, a dog barking in the distance and things to touch or, and it doesn't have to just be with your hands, but like, you know, how do my feet feel in my shoes? And well, that's like earthing even grounding. Yes. Very grounding. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So the book is all, so five, four, three, two, one is, is there each examples of the different sensory sight, sound, taste, touch and smell and so I go into all of them and I think by accident people do um sensory meditations um like when you think about if you walk into a bakery and it just smells really good for that moment that you're just like inhaling you just feel so good and you're doing an accidental uh smell meditation because you're just caught up in the smell of that or even um I think our love of great beautiful art is an accidental sight meditation like if you're looking at like a beautiful piece of artwork or something or even at the ocean you're looking at the ocean and the waves and you're just you're you're doing a one-pointed focus on this this beautiful you know ocean or the beautiful artwork and that stops your busy chattering monkey mind you're fully present in the moment so that's an accidental sight meditation and it goes on like with sound like when you hear music and you're just like so caught up in it that's an accidental sound meditation right right so ways to do all of these things on purpose and um and then tap into each of your senses as a grounding tool as a one-pointed focus right so the book explores and offers like really simple fun ones that you can do that's awesome can people pre-order it now is it available yes you can pre-order it and um and some of the tools are so easy that i even use it with my my son and he can do some of these they're like that simple and and fun to do and a lot of them are good like if you're having trouble sleeping uh, a lot of people tell me that they have trouble sleeping at night these are like nice, relaxing ways. And if you don't have time to meditate, um, like a good one that I, that I recommend um, for people to do it, I do it in the mornings. Um, it's a shower meditation. And what happens, it's a touch one, but it's G-rated. It's G-rated. <laughs> <laughs> and you get into the shower, and the first thing you do is become aware of the, um, the feeling of the shower water on you. So that is it 
Does it coming down really strong? Sometimes like if you really just get really in the moment and just feel the feel, is it like alternating soft, hard, soft, hard? Um, get aware of the temperature. You know, is it always one constant temperature? Is it getting, you know, just become aware of the feeling of it. Then you put on your body wash or soap and like this, the softness or your loofah. But this is my favorite part of it, that you envision your fears and your anxieties washing off of you. And going oh my gosh. So you just envision that happening. And then you look down at the drain and you're like, bye-bye fears, bye-bye anxiety. And when you step out of the shower, you're like, you're leaving that behind. Oh, I love that. And so it's a way you multitask it. you got to shower anyway. So while you're showering, you do this touch meditation. And you, you leave the shower and you're just like, okay, you're leaving it behind you. Beautiful. Oh, even while you were just talking about it, you know, I could feel myself like catch a deep breath. Just oh, good. Just envisioning in my head, like you know, the the idea of the water hitting, and yeah, that's really beautiful. Oh, I'm so doing that next oh, year. I, I I have a fun one. Another fun one. This one, it's a chocolate meditation. Okay, oh, that's even better. <laughs> right, right. And people are like, I don't have time to meditate. I'm like, you like chocolate? You know, it's sort of like um. My gateway meditation. What is it? <laughs> like you, like you come, come try the chocolate one, and then so I get right. to try all of them. Right? There's my gateway meditation to get them to do more. So, what? It's dark chocolate because dark chocolate has that little zhuzh in it for the serotonin. You know, it's like all the studies that say that dark chocolate actually makes you happy. Yes, I think all chocolate makes me happy, but. <laughs> Um, and by the way, this is a meditation you're only supposed to do like once a day and you, know, you can't do it like 40 times a day. Right. <laughs> and it's just a little piece. You're supposed to take a little piece of chocolate and here's how it works and here's the logic of it, okay? Because it's logic. You take the piece of chocolate and you put it in your mouth and you can't chew. And for one minute, two minutes, however long it takes, you let the chocolate melt in your mouth. And you only focus on the taste of the chocolate. And so when your mind starts to wander off in the direction with your eyes closed, you just bring it back to the taste of chocolate. And it's the same type of thing that someone would do. There's like very famous, popular candle flame meditations where you're supposed to just stare at the candle flame and just watch the candle, yeah. the flame. I mean, and but with this one, it's it's in your mouth. And you're focused on something that you really love and enjoy. And it's much more fun to bring your attention, one-pointed focus, back to the taste of the chocolate in your mouth than it is to stare at a candle flame. So um, that's what you do until the chocolate melts in your mouth. Wow. And what it does is it's sort of like um, training wheels for meditation, too, because it's fun um, and, you know, yummy or whatever. You, you want to do it, and you're mastering your thoughts. You just bring your thoughts back to the taste of the chocolate. And then after that, you can expand your meditation practice to longer amounts of time than 60 seconds or two minutes and, and different forms of meditation. But you're training your mind to learn how to master your thoughts, how to control your thoughts and, and direct your thoughts. Yes. And what a beautiful, beautiful way to just keep bringing yourself back to the now. Um, yeah. Which is what all of this mindfulness and grounding work is about is just bringing yourself right back to the now. And you know what I tell people, uh, you know, a friend of mine was traveling recently to Chicago on a long drive and she has anxiety for, you know, yeah. traveling by herself. And so gave her a pep talk, but I said, um, 
you know, by practicing, you know, being, well, one, be gentle with yourself is one yeah. of the things I tell people, you know, don't, don't be hard on yourself. Like, Oh, my mind keeps wandering. Just gently bring yourself back to the chocolate, you know, back right. to that moment, back to the now. Um, and yeah, so, so bringing herself back into the now, she called me when she got back from Chicago and she I was like, well, how was it? You know, how was your trip? And she said, well, the, the trip was wonderful. She said, but the drive up, she said, you know, I saw a sign that I was coming to a bridge and it was heavy traffic. And she was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be stuck in Chicago on a bridge. And, blah, blah, blah. and she said, and I reached over and touched this little stuffed otter she had brought with her. Um, and she said, and I just, I just reminded myself and she said, and I just stayed present in the moment in the now, just touching that soft little ant, that little stuffed and animal. A touch, that's a touch meditation. Yes. Again, when you think about it, that's what kids with teddy bears, they feel calmer because they're doing a touch meditation. And that's why teddy bears have the soft fabric or all stuffed animals that you give a child, any animal that you get, you know, it's soft and kids are unwittingly doing a mindfulness touch yeah. meditation with this. So, well, I'm excited. I'm excited to read it and get a hold of it. Can I go to Amazon or your website? Where do Amazon, people go? Amazon is on my website and it's on Amazon. It's in bookstores starting on August 27th. But pre-orders are great for us authors. Yes. It's like telling the, the bookstores like, you know, make sure you have this. People want it. So pre-orders, I love I'm a big appreciator. Thank you in advance if you do the pre-order. Um, and yeah, so it's available now in pre-order. Wonderful. Awesome. So do you want to talk about your own personal story of triumph at all? Um, sure, sure. So I've had a bunch of them. Okay. I write, I write about them pretty, um, vulnerably and, and honestly on my site. Uh, I've, I've called, I've called a lot of the things that I've been through my bucket list from hell. <laughs> It's as if somebody gave me this bucket list of things to do that were um, incredibly challenging. And one by one, I'm like, okay, you know, miscarriage, got that one, you yeah. know, I know. Prince Harming, got that one, you know. Prince Harming. Yes. Sorry, I laughed. I'm sorry, but yes. Oh, no, okay. I write it funny. I write it funny. So I, I've been through a lot. And, um, but again, this, my philosophy is that everything that has, come to me has come to help me in some way you know I even say every jerk has a silver lining like you know they're here to teach you even if it's just to remind you I'm not going to be anything like that person you know just right. as a wake-up call to you know to own your your um your character values even more so you right. know um and um and you know it all began when I when I I studied in college. I was a philosophy minor. I always loved philosophy and I was a film major, always loved visuals. And, um, and then I went into advertising thinking, and I always loved psychology. And, um, and so when I graduated, I, I got a, a job in advertising and I thought I would love that because it had psychology. I could make little commercials that were sort of like film and, um, and I just, you know, so I, I started off in advertising. I got a job at a big agency, J. Walter Thompson, in New York. And it was like the dream gig. But there was a lot of politics. A lot of the people in advertising were um, very aggressive, one would say. And so I, I joked that I could drink. 
I couldn't drink a glass of water without it spurting out the knife holes in my back. Like there was so much politics and backstabbing and, and I was rising up pretty quickly and I was young and a lot of people didn't like that. You know, um, I got a, a Clio my first six months in the business and, um, and then I actually was up for another Clio and my boss put their name down on my commercial that I had written. So I just remembered that one the other day uh, while I was talking about um, the Clio. I'm like, oh, I forgot about that one too. So I, um, I, I just wanted to leave. The short story is, is that I, I, was, I rose up pretty quickly. I switched around agencies and I became like a senior vice president, creative director in my late 20s. And then I, I quit to write books. I was like, I want to write books. And it was a definite risk because I was doing well. And I had what was called like the golden handcuffs, you know, where things are working and you want to stay because it's safe and, you know, right. doing well. But I thought if I'm doing well, it's something that I really did not like. If I applied whatever I was doing to something that I was passionate about, maybe I could do well at that too. But my parents kept trying to talk me out of it. They're like, you know, you know, how could you do well? How could you leave when you're doing well? If you, you know, you're going to, you know, being a writer to them was very scary. And I can understand that now that I'm a mom, you know, how my parents felt. But back then, so I, I, I kept saying I was going to quit. They kept talking me out of it. And then I just quit and didn't tell my parents for a couple of weeks. <laughs> you know. um, and then I wrote my first book and I, um, I started writing it while I was in advertising. So that gave me like a little bit of a confidence, like, okay, I can do this. And then I finished writing it and I didn't have an agent right away. And I had trouble getting an agent at first. And then, but I was still excited about the book and I was freelancing at um, MTV. And I got into an elevator with this guy who I kind of just knew a little bit, but didn't know that well. But I was very excited about my book and I was in a, in a positive mood, I guess, because I, I didn't get into the elevator with him with the goal of getting an agent. I just got into the elevator and he says, hey, Karen, what's new? And then kind of like just in an excited, exuberant way, I said, I just finished my novel. Like it wasn't like with a mission. I right. was just like, like just feeling like excited, you know? Yeah. I finished my novel and he's like oh congratulations do you have an agent I said no I don't have an agent and then he says would you like an agent and I was like yeah and then by the MTV was located on the 24th floor by the time we reached the lobby I had an agent's name and phone number and I joke that if MTV were located on the third floor and not the 24th floor I'd never be published because by the time we were talking on the way down he's like let me give you the name and number of a friend of mine who's an agent so he gave me the name and number of the agent and um, and then that guy I sent him my book and he loved it and then we yeah, I hired him as my agent and then we sent the book out on a Friday and we it was in the summer when we sent it out and we decided to include a bottle send it out to the publishing houses the editors um, we included a bottle of suntan lotion and a beach towel because we wanted to stand out in what they call the slush pile you know when it yes. was big pile of manuscripts we wanted to stand out so we sent it out with a bottle of suntan lotion and a beach towel and said this will make some good beach reading this weekend 
with my manuscript. And then that was on a Friday. And then on Wednesday, we got an offer. Oh. <laughs> so that's my story. And I, you know, when I look back on that and I try to, you know, um, understand, well, what, what was I doing right by accident, you know? Yes. That I, I wasn't coming from like a, like a needy place when I was in the elevator with that man. I just was truly exuberant and happy and positive. And I think that energy and enthusiasm. And also, I, I mean, you know, there's an old expression, the more people you know, the luckier you are. And I, I do believe that. Like, you never know who you're going to meet. You never know. Right. I mean, that was just some random guy that I was friendly with, but he wasn't even a close friend. So be being friendly. And then the other thing with the sending it out with the suntan lotion and the beach towel, I do believe that that did help us stand out. And so whenever, if you're out there doing what you do, you got to be a little bit different and have some fun and whimsy with it. And, yeah. um, and that will help people in their career. If I kind of take apart what I did that worked, that's kind of how I analyze it. Yeah. And that's, that's beautiful. My nickname for people call me glitter shitter. <laughs> Oh my God, I love that. <laughs> so I do, I kind of, if, if I'm joyous about something, it's just going to come out of my pores. And yeah, and people are attracted to that. And you're right. I love the, how you talked about the energy because that's what it is. Um, you know, you I, let's say, because I had been rejected, I had started to send it out and I was rejected. And if I got into the elevator, what's new? God damn it. I can't sell my novel. Right. Like if I done that, first of all, he might have even thought, well, what's wrong with this girl's novel? Right. How bad is it? <laughs> right, right. I mean, he might have. Or he might have been like, okay, this is a very angry person. I'm right. keeping away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, but I didn't, I wasn't coming from that place, you know, and I think that that brought about a more, obviously, a more positive response. Absolutely. So, yeah. Well, beautiful. I love it. And good for you for... Yeah, being in tune with that and, and just keep on pursuing and persevering. So definitely. definitely. Awesome. Well, anything else you want to share with the audience before we close out? Um, just that I feel that same exuberance about my new book, Instant Calm. <laughs> I do. I am excited about it. I'm excited to read it. Yeah. And I'm excited because I really believe in these meditations and I really feel like I, I know because I, I coach sometimes and, and I hear the, the, what I call blame excuses, like they're lame and they're blame. I don't have time to meditate or it's boring. I don't know if I'm doing it right. Blah, 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 blah. And this kind of like, you got two minutes, you got time to meditate. You want you know, some chocolate? <laughs> right. You want some chocolate? You take showers? You got right. <laughs> you know. And there's a bunch of different ones. Those are just, yeah. and so it gets away all your excuses. Nope, 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 nope. This makes meditation doable, fun, and the tools really work. Awesome. I love it. Well, real quick, because I had brought it up earlier. So talk to me about Welderly. Oh, yes, Welderly. Well, that's, you know, as I said, I'm a late in life mom, and I, I don't just want to live longer, I want to live younger. And with energy and so I'm part of a tribe that I call the Welderly and that's people that they're older but they've got a lot of energy they're well and they're out there doing things living a very thriving life like you know and their view of themselves is 
is, um, you know, there's also something called the positive aging movement, which I, I, I've, I'm a tribe member of, you know, it's not a movement. I don't like belong to something. I'm just like, yeah, you know, I'm, that's me, a positive aging movement, you know, where I, I feel I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, and that you can keep reinventing yourself and, you know, and I'm excited. The best is yet to come. And in many ways, um, turning 50 uh, has brought me just so much joy. I feel as you get older, you know yourself more. You don't let yourself get, you know, upset about as many things. Things you're like, oh, well, I've, I've been through worse. I'll get through this. I've been through stuff. I've gotten through. Like, you kind of let, you know, this too shall pass become yes. sort of the background mantra of your mind like oh whatever this too shall pass you know so with that in mind I feel like you know I really do feel like this is in some ways my the best years of my life yeah and I I love that philosophy as well I I told I'm I'm a math geek and so I'm always like crunching numbers in my head and um and psychology is my is my major so (laughs) I get the whole philosophy and psychology fascination I love it all but what I told somebody recently was I said, you know, I didn't hit adulthood till 18, right? And I'm 53 now. So that's, um, you know, 35 years of adulthood that I've lived. And I plan to live, you know, I want to live till I'm like in my 90s, right? Well, then I'm only halfway through. I mean, really, because if you add 35 and 53, that's 88. I'm, I'm really less than halfway through. Yes, so, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. yeah. So, and I believe that um, good health is not just about the food you feed your body, but the thoughts you feed your mind. Yeah. And um, so you need to, and, and basically, after doing intensive research on longevity, it, it kept coming up that stress um, is not not so good for. Um, longevity and your telomeres and you know and all of these you know lots of studies uh say that if you meditate you live longer if you keep yourself calm if you're around people that you love you're doing things you love you know it all is linked back to longevity so it's important to live the more you live a life you love the more you you kind of stick around on this planet that there is a big correlationship between um a happy mind and a longer life yes and you know laughter being a big part of it and yes. right, being around yes. people that you love and surrounding yourself with non-toxicity yes. um yeah very very powerful yeah for sure i love it all right well again just what a joy to have you here with us today yeah great to Beyond, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. And, I, and I, I'm going to go sign off and go to Amazon and pre-order. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> and good work with your book. It sounds fantastic. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm super excited. I just, you know, my biggest, my biggest stumbling block is I, I, the self-doubt in that, you know, am I going to honor the reader? And so that's, I just, I just need to get it out there, put, put my story out there and it'll reach who it's supposed to reach. It will. It definitely will. You have the right attitude. Definitely. Exactly. All right. Well, everyone, thank you for joining us today on the Healing Place podcast. And until next time, remember, be gentle with yourselves. Thanks. Bye-bye.